Hello, everyone. Jim Laird here with Dr. Stillman and Meredith Oak. Um, if you've been following Dr. Stillman and I for a while, um, it's no, no shocker to you, no surprise that uh, learning about quantum biology, quantum health, learning about circadian rhythms, light water magnetism has been an absolute game changer, not only for my health, but also in, in our practices and our coaching practices and helping clients. And so uh, Meredith is here today to talk about a certification that she has um, where she helps educate practitioners. So Meredith, what, why did you decide to put this together? So it was one of those things that was, I had no intention of um, entering this arena, um, so to speak. I'm an executive coach. It's fun. Uh, it pays well. I was <laughs> having a good time. Um, but there was, um, there were, I was noticing that I, well, I had my own health journey and we had to come to this information and it was incredibly difficult to understand what to do and to understand people who understood what to do. Mm. And I worked with uh, a mentor in this space who knew a, had a lot of information, but the practical application of it didn't really, you know, it wasn't there. It was like mm -hmm. all, it was all academic and theoretical, but when it came down to like, looking at my labs and figuring out what to do, there was no follow through. So then I found uh, Dr. Silman, who was one of the first clinicians that I encountered who had both the scientific understanding of quantum biology and understood how to work with it day to day with patients. So I have created a, a faculty of people who have both of those things, the scientific understanding and the clinical experience to know what it's like to work with other human beings, applying this in their practices. Um, in the real what world. They've told me it's been game changing. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and that's, and that's huge because there's a lot of people who are really, really book smart who cannot apply it to everyday life and coaching, coaching everyday people. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the course and, and what's in it and uh, how it helps practitioners. Sure. So it's a mix of, of the science, right? Um, and, you know, Dr. Silman just recorded a really great module one that we were adding in. He's our, our latest faculty member. We're really excited about that. Um, and it's sort of, so you start out with an overview of like why medicine missed the boat on this and what exactly it is we're talking about, what, it, what light water and magnetism have to do with human health. And then there are some parts where we break it down in detail and some parts that are more general, but everything is targeted to a practical outcome. So there are review quizzes to make sure that people have, you know, that you've kind of learned the information, but the, but the main thrust of the coursework is like, okay, so what are you gonna do with this now? And we provide coaching support and community support because it's really, um, you know, and Dr. Silman can probably speak to this, like stepping out of a paradigm into a new paradigm um, when you've got, clients and patients on the line, it, it can be challenging and scary. And I understand why people are hesitant to do it. Well, so the thing is too, all the support factors in place to help that be a smoother transition. You see this in the fitness industry as well. Somebody goes to a seminar, they learn something new and they throw out everything they've been doing for the last yeah. 10 years and start doing this new thing. So the, mm -hmm. you know, you want to like, you want to bring things in gradually and not just throw everything out. And a lot of it might've worked, right? You know, so yes. a lot of people will learn, learn something new and it's like, we're going to scrap everything and we're just going to go up like full head charge. Yes. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to like throw out everything I'm doing and just, and just talk yeah. about light. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. 
adding in a piece. It's and, not. And they, and they call you back and go, I just lost every one of my clients. So I don't know why. <laughs> well, no, we have, we have coaching calls to catch them before they actually do that. <laughs> and I think that's a big thing that sets this certification up is the coaching calls and the support. Because a lot of these coaching programs, it'll just be a course that a lot of people won't even go through. And you've got all this follow up and, and, and that's great. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I remember when I fell down the quantum rabbit hole, so to speak, back in 2017, a patient of mine at a very, um, a very high, high level uh, wellness spa, let's call it, turned me on to one of the leaders in the field. And I started reading and reading and watching and listening and learning. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is incredible. I have to throw out everything I know. And I didn't have clients at the time I was a traveling doctor. But the challenge was trying to integrate the new information with my traditional training and then my, my alternative integrative medical training as well. Because you have in, in the integrative medical space, you have a lot of sort of, I would call them the old guard. I'm not going to name any names, but they're the big, big names in what's known as integrative, holistic, functional, and natural medicine, right? And the crazy thing about this is that those people, the standard bearers and the people setting the standard for care, know apparently nothing about EMF and nothing about quantum health. And it's, it's, it's actually very disappointing because it's not the the quantum mechanics behind it is complex, but the concepts are not. And actually integrating it into your practice is not. And as Jim and I have found, we'll get much better results than our competition by bringing together this new quantum paradigm with the old functional natural integrative medicine paradigm. You know, I get my inspiration for that from books that were written, you know, a hundred years ago. 50 years ago, a couple decades ago, but those guys who are focused on food, nutrition, supplements, they're generally not up on light and water and magnetism and EMF. And so they completely miss the boat. And the big challenge is that you're going to find, if you're listening to this and you're a clinician or a patient, that a certain number of your cases, the really big problem, as Jim likes to say, the really big rock is a quantum problem. It's bad light, it's bad EMF exposure, it's bad water, it's bad something energetic or bioenergetic. And until you embrace this paradigm, you're gonna have these cases where you just feel like you're banging your head against the wall wondering, why won't this person lose weight, put on muscle, get rid of their headaches, improve their sleep? I mean, I see my colleagues doing just out of control, heroic things using absolutely wild doses of nutrients and supplements in order to get traction on a case where I just say, well, you know, are you going outside? Well, no. You know, do you sleep on the wrong side of a wall from a smart meter? Well, actually, yeah, I do. Is that a problem? Oh, you mean you've had multiple cases where that was the key thing that they had to change in order to get better? Absolutely. And so as you mentioned, Meredith, the big thing that people struggle with and that I struggled with as I was starting out was, to what degree can I fix everybody with light, water, and magnetism? And to what degree do I need to incorporate things like supplements and, you know, old school natural medicine, everything from coffee enemas to sauna, to herbs, to homeopathics. And what do I do? And that's what I've really made my, my life about is integrating all these different things and all these different paradigms 
so that patients are, and also clinicians are not left wondering, what am I supposed to do? Where do I start? Do I start with light? Do I start with EMF? Do I start with this? Do I start with that? And that's why the coaching and certification program that you have is really great. You're going to help people integrate this knowledge into their life. And if you're a practitioner, your practice, uh, so that you can actually get better results, not miss cases. Because as one of my mentors said, and this is, this is so important for people who are building a practice too, or who want to escape the nine to five, or, you know, in many cases for clinicians, the like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. grind of clinical medicine. Uh, because what you'll find is, you know, you'll kind of learn enough to be dangerous. But as one of my mentors likes to say, he says, you know, if you get the diagnosis and you get the patient better, you're a hero. And if you don't, you're a zero. And so every clinician understands after a while and launching and, and, and having their own practice, even if you're working for somebody else, that if you, you have a finite amount of time and a finite amount of trust from the patient for them to uh, commit to what you're going to tell them to do. And if you don't pick the big things that are going to get them big traction, they're not going to come back and see you and your practice is going to, you know, die on the vine or at, you know, at best struggle. And that's what we're here to really help people do understand where do you start? How do you figure out what to integrate first? You know, what are the key things to do? Not just telling people, well, you got to sell your worldly possessions and move to, you know, the equator or the 11th latitude or whatever, uh, because it just doesn't work for people. And they need a more compassionate, understanding, gradual approach in most cases to get significant, durable results. Yeah, you can't take somebody who's been uh, living an indoor life in uh, air conditioning uh, who doesn't, you know, work out and take them to, you know, living an outdoor life on the equator in like one day. That just doesn't that just doesn't happen. It's not going to no. work well. <laughs> no. Yeah. So. And that meeting people where they're at is so important. And the and the laying laying the foundation of a healthy i mean we've been calling it a quantum health but it's really just health yeah <laughs> of, a, of a you know laying those foundations of having enough healthy light and mitigating enough of the bad stuff yeah so then when you do add the other interventions you've got some kind of baseline of understanding i kind of i think of it like if someone's totally in complete circadian dysregulation how can you even get an accurate diagnosis it's like trying to diagnose a drunk person with a psychiatric disorder like how can you even tell they're just not in their right well, they also, end up, they also just end up chasing symptoms and chasing diagnoses you know the big thing that opened my eyes to this was working at a clinic that worked with a lot of people who'd received the diagnosis of chronic lyme or mold toxicity and i watched these people bounce from clinic to clinic and practice to practice i've had patients more than one go to clinics in germany and get therapeutic hyperthermia or swiss mountain clinics in switzerland they've gone to you know mexico for this and that and the other thing i mean patients have just gone all over the place done everything seen everyone their their medical history is sort of like a who's who of uh of doctors and what I found and what really convinced me that quantum medicine was something we needed to approach. And like you said, Meredith, this is not, um, it's not in many ways, the understanding of the materials new, but the material itself and the lessons are not, you know, the Greeks, the Greek God of healing was Apollo, who was the God of the sun. And the Hippocratic oath starts with, I swear to Apollo, the healer, 
And that's the beginning of the Hippocratic Oath. And they recognized that sunlight was very important for health. You know, centuries later in the Byzantine Empire, the plague of Justinian coincided with a period of global cooling and a reduction in the amount of light coming to the earth. You know, newsflash, for those of you not aware of this, anyone who wants to reduce the amount of sunlight coming to earth either doesn't understand that sunlight is good for you or wants you to get sick and die young. Side note. But the point is that the ancient Greeks understood this. All ancient cultures and ancient peoples understood this. But modern science, modern medicine really got off track with the pharmaceutical drugs and surgeries for everything paradigm because they didn't understand the quantum principles behind light, behind electromagnetism. In many cases, just because industries have been built on bad habits, bad paradigms, and those industries don't want people to hear the truth because it will wreck their bottom line. Guys like Jim and I, we get people off their technology, off their social media. We get them out into nature. They're spending less money. Their food's more affordable because it's, well, in some cases they can make their food more affordable, but in many cases they're actually spending more on it, but that's a side, a totally other issue. But the point is just, we, we get people back to these basics and fundamentals and it pulls them out of the modern technological world and the consumerist economy. And it's really important for people to understand that that's actually really one of the most important things to do for your health in our modern world. Yes. And it's possible to do that while maintaining an active life within our civilization, right? It is. You know, I mean, you're coming to us from have, a beautiful rural location, like, right? Get it. I'm moving to wherever and starting a regenerative farm. And, um, you know, that's amazing. I fully support mm -hmm. that. But some of us still just live what would look like a normie con lifestyle, but we are able to implement these things. It's a mindset. Well, it people is. still don't realize that a little bit of light goes a long way. It's, you know? and it's little things. It's little things. You know, Jim is sitting in a location in the, we work out of the same house. And Jim's sitting in a location that's 20 feet from the other location that he works at. And the amount of light he's getting in that location is tenfold what he's getting at the other. And people don't notice that because their, their, their pupil dilates and contracts. And so Jim's getting 10 times the amount of light that somebody else is getting if they're working at a, a workstation. It's just 10, 15, 20 feet away. Little things like changing the orientation of your desk, adding a little light here or there. Like I've got my sauna space photon on my desk. I'll use it at night. I'll use it during the day, um, even though it runs up my cooling bill in the summer. So the guy, yeah. the guy sits in his sauna in Florida when it's 105 heat and doing a pindex out here. I do. I'm, sitting, I'm sitting out here dripping with sweat, just sitting you here. Are. And you he's are. in his, he's in his sauna space baking away. And I'm just like, I just don't, I don't understand it. Yes, you do. And this is so funny, right? This is a great example of the things that we help practitioners navigate, right? that don't get talked about in the health and wellness info space that don't get talked about in the books we read. I mean, I always, I often open books from influencers, many of whom are my friends and I, I don't mean to, to um, disparage them in any way. I want to be really clear about that, but many of these books, you open them and it's clear to, clear to a practitioner that these people don't coach or treat very large swaths of the, of the pub public. They may be the expert at coaching someone into you know, a gold medal in swimming at the Olympics, but that doesn't make them a great coach or it doesn't make their diet the best diet. If you want to be a power lifter or just be a grandma who can get down on the floor and play with her kids, 
these are very different goals, very different people. Um, and that, but you know, Jim, Jim is 245 pounds, incredible amounts of muscle. He was able, he's got so much muscle. He was able to drop 10 pounds, like over what a week, Jim. Yeah. That was mostly water though. By fasting. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, Jim at 250 pounds and 510, he sweats bullets just out in 95 or 98 degree heat. I'm 185 pounds, but I'm six foot and I'm long and lanky. So I radiate heat very quickly. And that means that if I walk out into the heat in Florida, it actually takes me a while to break a sweat. So Jim doesn't need a sauna, but I love a sauna. And so little things like that can actually make a world of difference because a lot of people are going to think, oh, we don't need a sauna. You live in Florida. Just go outside. It's not true. That person may benefit enormously from a sauna. They may the learn sauna, to love the sauna. sauna will, the sauna will wreck me, absolutely destroy me. I, I sauna just does not agree with me. So I'm really? great. I'm a great. I'm a great asset in the wintertime. So yeah. Jim, I'm actually really curious. I don't know if we've ever gotten into this, but what what happens when you jump in the sauna? It just, it just I can't get enough fluid. Uh, I mean, it literally is like it, it's literally like you put a towel in the pool. And you, you're, I, I dumped so much fluid. It's just hard for me to get enough electrolytes and enough uh, fluid back into me. Like you think I sweat sitting out here. If I went in that sauna space, the water would be running out. <laughs> so so I, I just, I will sauna in the winter time, um, but I have to keep the temperatures down or it makes me feel terrible. And uh, again, we see this happening. People will come to us who've worked with other people and they say they, they wanted me to do this and it just didn't work for me. And they wouldn't budge. They wouldn't they wouldn't find a, a different solution. They wouldn't meet me in the middle. And I just didn't feel like I could talk to them or come to them. Um, and that's one of the things that I love helping other practitioners understand is where their people are and how to shift them at the right speed in the right direction so they can get results without, um, you know, basically uh, being saddled with solutions that aren't working for them or make them miserable. Yeah. Yes. Cause in the yeah. end you got, you got to enjoy, enjoy life. Some, you know, if your life is completely miserable, then that's no fun either. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what I also love about this approach to health is that, um, I mean, I think it's a bit ironic that I am sort of ended up in this space because I don't really enjoy focusing on like health stuff. I don't like micromanaging my food. I don't like thinking mm -hmm. about it. I just mm -hmm. want to like go have my day. Um, but what I found about this approach with the, the light water magnetism, the quantum health is that it's fun, right? Like I now do things like go for a walk with my husband and take the dog out, go outside with my children. And I'm like, this is good for me. And it's life enhancing. And it's not, there's not like, there's, I mean, you can make anything drudgery if you have a mind that wants to do that, but it is very mm -hmm. easy to make this enjoyable and lighthearted. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'll read my book on the porch instead of in the library. Right. And that makes a difference. Just all these fun little things that I think sometimes you know, I come from the client perspective, we do, we get a little beaten down, like trying to remember all the things we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, I see in the comments, sometimes people are like, great, another thing that's bad for me. <laughs> I know. There's so much that's good for you too. And that's really what we. Well, like. and the human, the human being is incredibly uh, resilient as well. That's one thing we really try and encourage people and tell and people. Adaptable. Right? Yeah. Very adaptable. Like, you know, there are things you need to watch out for, but obviously the reason we 
get outside and we take care of ourselves is so we can handle these stresses. If you have to stay somewhere where you have no control over the Wi-Fi, you have the resiliency to handle that, right? Um, and, and then also um, the, the big thing I think is, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, what was I going to say? Resiliency, oh, adaptability. I was going to say, honestly, what we're doing is we're just taking people back from our modern indoor life where most people like spend 90% of their time indoors and trying to get them to, you know, still use some of this modern technology, but to get them back to like a 1950s, 1960s, where you're spending more time outside, you know, you're being more active outside, you're doing some manual labor. Um, that, that really it's our modern life from like the 80s, 90s on that's really pulled us inside with the screens. We're just taking us back like, you know, 50 years, you go back 50 years and the majority of people are not sitting in their house 90% of their time. And, you know, you That's didn't right. have the chronic obesity epidemic back then that you do now. And people weren't even, you know, people didn't even go to the gym back then. It was, un, you know, women for women, it was unpopular, like women, it was un, unfeminine for them to, to work out. So we got more people working out now than ever before and more obese people. So, you know, what's changed? The environment has changed. Yes. And that's what, um, you know, I think is so helpful for practitioners to learn and why this certification is so helpful, right? It's like you can do a sort of a lifestyle assessment and see what's going on with a person and troubleshoot like much more easily. And um, and to your point, Jim, about the environment changing, right? Like what I hear a lot when I interview practitioners is that stuff that used to work, like even just five years ago, they used to do well, we'll do this diet and this supplement and this thing. And then, and, and like everyone got better. And now people are not responding in the same way because the environment's changed. So to understand how right. your clients' bodies are interacting with their environment has to be part of your practice because our environment is just changing so fast. Well, when your circadian rhythm is broken, everything becomes more difficult, right? Mm -hmm. So... So Dave asked a question, which is a great example of a question that, you know, people will get and that they need to have a good answer to as a clinician. And that obviously people need to be aware of as a patient or a client or whatever you want to call it, um, which is how much sweat should we shoot for each day? I enjoy working shirtless outside throughout the day, but wonder, is it possible to get too much sun slash heat? What is optimal? And so, you know, this question basically boils down to is there an amount of sun that based on the literature we can say is overall bad for you? This brings me back to one of the big principles that guides, I would say quantum medicine, which is there's no study that's ever shown that getting more sun increases your risk of death and disability. All of them show to the opposite. It reduces your risk of death, reduces your risk of disability, improves things like metabolism, immunity, longevity, etc. So, on the flip side of that, right, it's easy for us to say, oh, well, then you should just get as much sun as possible. But we've all seen that backfire, right? And the people out there who are, you know, the gingers, the very fair skinned, my patients who I joke, you know, when they walk outside on a hot, sunny day, burst into flames, they just roll their eyes at this because they say it is not physically possible for me to get that much sun. I will roast like a turkey in the oven. And so you have to understand that and be sensitive to that if you're going to guide these people into habits and, and lifestyles that are going to help them. So they need enough sun to not burn because burning's bad. A lot of what you change in their diet and lifestyle will improve their ability to tolerate the sun. 
eating foods that have lots and lots of nutrients that are consumed by sunlight, like folate and beta carotene, which means getting plenty of green leafy vegetables and plenty of fresh fruits, which of course are only in season when UV light is strong. So that's number one. And then number two with sweat, the big liability is losses of minerals. So I just looked at some labs, husband and wife, they eat the same thing. They live in the same house, sleep in the same bed, have very similar lifestyles, right? But the husband is outside in the sun all day, sweating a lot, doing hard manual labor. His magnesium level is, you know, like 15 or 20% lower than hers. So what is that likely due to? The loss of magnesium due to excessive sweating due to manual labor. So being able to understand that and decode that, you understand, okay, this gentleman may need more of a magnesium load from his diet or from supplements, or in extreme cases, using things like IV magnesium in order to maintain his magnesium levels. And you can look at other things like where is their sodium level? What is their urine specific gravity? What illnesses do they have from high blood pressure to um, diabetes to gout? Lots of little clues in labs and things like that that I can't, you know, unpack in, you know, a couple minutes on a, on a live can help you understand what to do for them as a clinician to get them the best results. And the bottom line here is making sure that you're not getting demineralized by your sweat losses. Well, and I think the thing too is one, does the person have a solar callus, right? Cause I, I spend so much time outside in the morning. Right. I can handle, I mean, I go to Nicaragua, I go to Mexico and I can be in the sun all day, but I also sense when it's getting to be a little too much and then I just go in the shade. And if you look at like, you know, Latin cultures, they usually have a break in the most intense time in the afternoon to go chill in the shade mm -hmm. and hang out. Right. So a lot of it is intuitive. Like you feel it. You're like, oh, that's a little too much for me right now. I'm going to go I'm going to go sit in the shade. But and, and educating people on how to build a solar callus. And if they can, you know, if people don't have the ability to, to spend the time to build a solar callus, then we're going to be a little more conservative on their, you know, their sun exposure recommendation, right? Well, speaking of which, Jim, one of the funny things is that, as Meredith mentioned, cases are getting harder. This is not as easy as it was 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And with that, we have to adapt our toolbox and add new tools. One of the things that Jim and I have been looking at more and more recently is peptides. And it's funny that Jim mentioned solar callus in the same sentence as peptides because you can use certain peptides in order to make even the palest person turn absolutely dark brown. And these may be things that we are reaching for more in coming years as you know we get more and more difficult cases, as the environment gets worse and worse from a quantum perspective, and being able to integrate all that information is best done in a team setting where physicians and other healthcare practitioners are collaborating and talking about what works, what doesn't work, creating networks of people who refer to one another who may have you know, tools or specializations that can really help the patient get the best outcome possible. Yes. And I did want to add to that. So, you know, we're, we have a, a now accredited school for training practitioners in the, in the light water magnetism, but for people listening who are um, not practitioners, I really highly encourage you to hire one. Mm. Um, I'm not a health coach, so I, this is not, you know, I can say this with total impunity, but you cannot get well um, following people on social media. Social media is amazing for finding the people that you connect with, that you resonate with, but you know who the people are if you're on here. It's probably Leland and Jim, right? Like they're the people you follow and you, you always want to know what they have to say. You just feel like they understand. 
I, I urge you to follow up and take their programs, do their courses, get a one-on-one, -on -one, do a consult. Just if you're, if you've been feeling unwell and you're surfing around, take that next step. It's really, really the only way I speak from experience. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which you can, you can schedule a consultation with me and my team by uh, clicking on the schedule a consult link in my link tree. Jim and I have a group coaching program and course that we recommend people start with called Fundamentals of Wellness. We have monthly group coaching calls on that and as part of that program, which is where we help people really figure this out and, and fine tune it for their uh, unique context. Meredith, tell us how much, uh, how like as far as the certification, how long are you, do you enroll people all the time? Or do you only enroll so people at certain times We're currently doing a, a cohort-based. It's cohort-based. So we have one kicking off a week today, which is Monday, okay. July 17th. Okay. Um, and registration is open this week. This is our big registration week. It's It goes for eight weeks. It's hybrid. So the lectures are all recorded. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have live Q&As with our instructors. So you have live Q&A with Dr. Silman. You have a live Q&A with Carrie Bennett, who's really excellent Um She's like a biology teacher, but quantum. It's so she she mm -hmm. really breaks things down. Um, She's great. I've watched a lot of her Instagram way. lives. Yeah. 